Introducing Mortgage Matters. He has no idea how bad it is out there. He has no idea. A show dedicated to helping you navigate a challenging and ever-changing financial and real estate landscape. The economy continues to face numerous difficulties. Now, your hosts, Dan Podesto and Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. The fact that you're being called upon to help clean up Wall Street's mess is an outrage. Broadcasting outrage. live from the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What economy are you talking about? Talking it's about time for Mortgage Matters. Hello, good morning, everybody. Welcome. Happy March. It's a beautiful spring weather today. You know what else is feeling springy, Dan? What's that? The fact that I was watching some spring training baseball games this week. Yeah, it is spring training. Uh-huh. That's very fun. It is exciting. Yeah, Baseball's right around the corner. Kids are back in Little League, too. That's awesome, too. You know, that's the best form of baseball, isn't it? Little, little League, I think, is the purest. That's like saying know. that one kind <laughs> of pizza is the best. I don't know. They're all different. They're all great. That's a good analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I. but Little League is sure fun. Yeah. This one's getting it's getting more challenging for us, too, because now my boys are on different teams in different leagues. So it's many a day a week and yeah. lots of shuttling and everything. But At least they don't have to play against each other. True. It was fun when they were on the same team, though. It was very easy for me. <laughs> but that's no longer in the cards. How's your week, Dan? It's good. good. I, Busy. If, if I sound funny... It's because I've been I've I got the new cold that's been going around. Oh. Beautiful. So Dan, you and I are probably Monday we're gonna be falling like crap. No, I think <laughs> I just got over the old cold that was yeah. going around. And so I'm hoping I've built up some kind of immunity or something. Yeah, I hope you have too. Yeah. It's really just a, you know, throaty kind throaty of, lungy you know, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. I'd have to say that, yeah, altogether no fun. Yeah, pretty but, much. Hey, I was when I was watching spring training baseball yesterday. It sounded like one of the commentators for the Angels feed had the exact same thing I had, <laughs> and I was like, I know how that guy feels right now. You know what's funny Not is that good. I'm because it's kind of the the lull in sports seasons right now. Um, I've been paying more attention to preseason baseball than ever, and. Um, I see the little headline in the Tribune. They're such Giants fans, right? Such bandwagoners, these Tribune sports. Mm-hmm. Whoever chooses the, the AP columns to put in the, in the local paper. The headline was Buster Posey hits, two ho- or hits a two-run homer in loss to A's. It was 9-2 to two A's. And the headline <laughs> is Buster Posey's two-run homer? What about the A's nine runs? Yeah, well, <laughs> we're supposed to be surprised that Buster Posey can even still play, right? Well, I mean, we got to protect that guy. He's the yeah. face of baseball. Got to make rules to protect his ankles. When I was going to Farmer's Market... I <laughs> Dumb rules at that. I drove through Farmer's Market in slow on Thursday. You know, uh, right right before it got set up. Not the actual event. Yeah. That would be out he of control. He went down, and he's the one that mowed over all the farmers out there. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, when they're like... Were they doing the trophy thing? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to yeah. say. And and so it was like that, you know, half an hour before Farmer's Market where everybody's getting their barbecues going, and you can technically still go down the road, but it's getting complicated. Mm-hmm. When you get down to the bottom, there's this long line of orange 
Um, and man, that. Uh, anyway, all the but I saw uh, I didn't see I heard that um, Keith Bird made it on the cover of the Tribune, he was on the Tribune in his yeah. Giants garb. Yeah, him and his daughter. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they were there, all decked out. Keith was on the show what two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm hoping that probably. Gosh, I guess it'll be this time next year. We'll probably be there seeing the Angels trophy at Farmers Market. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Good times. Yeah. Hopefully it's ADA accessible for all those old men on the team. Oh, who? You know, pool holes. Well, Hamilton's going to be in rehab. <laughs> this is, this show's not a baseball show, Dan. Let's move on. I was going to start naming some A's, but no, they're, we don't even know, <laughs> we don't even know who they are. <laughs> they we don't the, know them. And all the good ones left. <laughs> is that a team still? We don't know who they are. They're, we're finding out we'll now. We'll learn now. <laughs> I'm just glad Howie Kendrick's gone. He killed the A's. Oh, I'm so sad about that. That's going to... I already saw like several different press conferences and pictures of him like wearing a Dodgers hat. and it It's kind of weird, huh? There's a part inside of me that dies a little bit. And I'm not overly used to it. There's always players that come onto the team and leave and go to another team, whatever. They look strange in an Angels hat, and then they look strange in a Rangers hat or something. <laughs> Seeing Howie, who's been an Angel forever, turn into a, a Dodger is meh. Mm. Gross. What a shake-up week, huh? Yesterday in the mortgage market, uh, interest rates had what um, some would call a bloodbath. A rough day yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Rough week, really. It was yeah. a rough week for rates. In fact, it's been a rough couple of months. Mm, the, yeah, six weeks. Yeah. I'll give you six weeks. So six weeks or so ago, the 10-year treasury yield, do you know what it was at? Uh, I, I'm terrible at remembering the milestones, but I'm going to say like 1.6 something. It was at 1.74%. There you go. Where did it close yesterday? 2.24%, half a point higher. Which means interest rates should be a half a point higher. And just this week, it was this past week accounted for 22 basis points of that 50 basis point move. That's a lot in a week. It, it makes is. me optimistic that it's going to come back the other way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We had another strong jobs report, which we'll talk much more in detail about as the show goes on. Um, I'm not a believer yet in the higher rates, though. I think that there's so much pressure from the market movers, the traders, the you know the big... The big companies that put lots of money to work from all of their investors that they have, and they they make these these decisions as a company and to to move their guidance a certain way, and and I think there's so much pressure to get ahead of the 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 Fed movement, you know, because that's the thing. That's how you that's how you make the money for your clients is by getting ahead of the move. Um, there's I feel like that's what's going on right now. And there, we know it's imminent. We know it's going to happen. Is it June? Is it September? Is it December? Is it next year? You think they're willing it higher? I think so. And skewing 
Yeah. See, I I feel like any little inkling, you know, of of upward movement makes a, a sort of a rush to it, but then we see it calm back down over the next couple. It's weeks. true, and and we do have to remember that this, you know, just Thursday and Friday were all the big employment reports that were all generally positive. But what's crazy is how quickly the market forgets one week ago, we have testimony for two days from Janet Yellen, and we have interviews with other um, Fed regional presidents who are talking about the patience that they're going to exercise in making any policy changes. And that seemed, you know, it, it already seemed like in the couple of weeks prior that rates were starting to have a little bit of upward pressure and the statements that were made by them maintaining the word patience and reiterating that statement throughout the, the different interviews and, and you know, conferences and things like that, that it calmed the, the rate markets down and, and we had settled in. Um, at a, at a, with that 10-year yield holding steady at, a, at right around two. And then this week, we get a couple of positive reports, and all of a sudden, it's like, oh, what? I, I don't even remember what happened a week ago. Did they say something? No, yeah, it's crazy. So, you know, I mean, I, I just feel like there's this, this, this pressure that's traders trying to get ahead of Fed policy changes for the benefits of their clients, but I do think that – so what, I, what I've concluded now is that we're just going to see volatility in the rate market for the next however long until the policy actually does change. Until the Fed actually does change until the overnight Until they're rate. either going to say, hey, we're, this is the schedule we're going to be on, or they're going to start to do little things like remove the word patience from their policy statements. And until that time, we're going to see volatility that kind of hinges on every piece of data. Um, so my advice to people who are interested in refinancing, I don't think it affects the purchase market so much because you're either in the market to buy a house or you're not, you know, I, I don't think a, a small movement in rates really. Well, and that then decision. you have a short window of opportunity, right? You yeah. Know, you have 30 days to perform. You're in a, yeah, you're, you're in a window where you have to close by. So yeah. I don't think it affects the purchase market so much, but it does affect people who are interested in refinancing. And we know that a lot of people have kind of been on the fence and, you know, waiting for that perfect day to lock in an interest rate. So for those people, if you're waiting, it didn't prove to be a good week for you, but and, and for those who hadn't even started the process and haven't even gotten to that point of thinking about when to lock in, now's the time to do the steps that are free for you, which is submitting your tax returns, your pay stubs, your bank statements, getting your credit pulled, um, doing those things to be in a position where we can lock your rate and close quickly. Yeah. Because many, rates will likely dip down. You know, one of the things many people don't remember is that um, interest rates, the length of the lock that you need has a direct correlation to the cost of the lock. And if you think about it, it really makes sense, right? If you're the, if you're the bank and somebody needs to take a lock today, because a lock – Locking those terms, for better or worse, is really a contract between the borrower and the lender. And what it says is, here's a safety net that during this period, we'll agree to these terms and, and it won't. neither of us will change them on each other. And you just have to be able to get in and get done within that period of time. So we're in an environment where you're afraid that interest rates are going to go up. And everybody has to realize, I mean, if, if, if you had to bet emphatically that rates are going one way or another in the next month, 
up is probably a safer bet than down. So if somebody needs a 15-day lock, yeah, we can see 15 days in the future. That's pretty reasonable. That's going to be the cheapest lock. You need a 30-day lock. Well, now you're sort of taking us a little bit farther, so there's a little bit extra charge. Likewise, a 45-day lock, a 60-day lock. I mean, 60 days from now, things could be a lot different. That's two more Fed meetings away. That that gets us very close to the June meeting. We could also already see the word patient removed from what the Feds have been discussing. So you're going to pay a premium to get a 60-day lock. So your advice of getting in and getting those other things done, you know, you can get all the way down to needing only an appraisal and an interest rate lock just to button up. And the reason I say that. The appraisal is really the only thing in the loan transaction that you're going to pay cash out of pocket for that's, you know, that it's paid. And and that's a non-refundable fee. Once you pay it, you pay it. It's gone. Um, but there aren't any other fees, right? So it's not like not you. Not until you close. Not until you close, if you close. So if you elect to close, if the terms come to a position where it's good enough for you to procure the lock and go ahead and close it. Now, yeah, now there's some costs in it. So point being, other than a little bit of time, um, there's not much reason why somebody that feels like they need to do something and are waiting for the right window to strike when the iron's hot, you may as well get all the busy work out of the way and put yourself in the best possible position to take the shortest term lock you can uh, and and strike on one of those really good days. The other thing too, big misconception about interest rates is that in terms of a mortgage, that these rates are set by the Fed. Right. And <laughs> you know, of course, that they're not, and many people um, really don't. They all of the rates in our country have some relationship to one another. So if the Fed changes the overnight rate or changes the prime rate, we could potentially see that translate quickly into higher mortgage rates. However, um, in the end, it's really based on supply and demand. So one of the things that we've seen happening every time these rates do try to go up, which this week they tried to go up, is it immediately reduces volume. And immediately the banks begin to panic that they don't have enough business and they begin leaning out profit margins. So what you see then is even though the market might be moving away from you in that last ditch effort to keep, you know, not have to lay people off, the people that they just trained and hired, you know, hired and trained right in the last six months because things were really busy. Um, they don't want to have to get rid of those people right away. So they'll lean the profit margins out as much as they can to get a bunch of business in the door. Uh, and so that helps a little bit too. And the way that this economy has been going lately, we're sort of bouncing across that low rate mark. Um, so you catch it on a good day where banks have got their low profit margin and the overall economy helped you just enough to get you a great lock. This week we're locking um, – Sorry, this week we're funding a bunch of loans that 45 days ago were amazing locks. They were just unbelievable locks. And the reason I bring it up, um, yeah, some of you missed the boat. Others of you are stoked that you got it. But the point is, is that there was a day where everybody that was in spot and ready for it got awesome locks. And um, and it wasn't just in our company. It was uh, nationally in the mortgage business. There was a, a major bulge that's closing out in this next week because of people that were in process there uh, and ready to lock. So 
yeah, Dan, you give great advice. If there are people that are considering it, this wasn't a good week. But the good news is in a refinance, you know, you don't have pressure to lock. You are in control of the destiny of time, whereas in a purchase loan, you're, you sort of get painted in there where you're going to have to make a decision now in the next 15 days is usually the max you can afford to float something like yeah. that. So, <laughs> Hey, it's already 921, um, which means we got to take time out for the first commercial break because we do have sponsors. If these folks didn't pay for the show, you would have to. So take some time, give a good ear. We'll be back in a couple minutes with more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. We recently made the jump to direct lender. That's right. Now we can do your loan in-house, but we still broker too. We choose based on getting the best loan terms for you. We don't know what to call it yet, but you'll call it amazing. Refi or refinance home, just call 543 Just call Central Coast, Central Coast Lending. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's 924 here on March 7th. Beautiful weather today. What are the plans today, Dan? Outside, do some gardening. Great yeah, day for I yard do have, work. I do have yard work to do. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. I think that's what's on tap. Maybe a trip to the 
newly repaved Del Mar Park. Oh. They, they just redid the parking lot. It's been shut down for like a month. Yo, but I think they redid the the like kids' play structure too. You gotta love a park with fresh pavement. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Hmm. But you know, not like we spend a lot of time in the parking lot. <laughs> we <laughs> just get to time. the the good stuff now. We can get past the parking lot. Well, good. Yeah, hopefully everybody's getting out and enjoying this weather day. I su- I suspect that our listenership is light today with this beautiful <laughs> weather. Um, man, yesterday really felt like a just a beautiful spring day. You know we're mobile, right? Yeah, totally. There's a KVEC app. An app? Yeah. Tell me more. There's an app, KVEC. You can get this and all the great programming that KVEC offers <laughs> just on your smartphone. This technology age we live in is unbelievable. <laughs> so I can be at the beach enjoying talk radio on yeah. my smartphone? You can be on a little walk, you know? walk around town and just have your headphones plugged in or you can just blast it out because everyone wants to hear it as you walk by their house one of my favorite things um uh, you said on the show one time was that bobby was giving you a bunch of grief about how boring <laughs> the, it, beige, the book. beige book is so, there a more boring color than beige <laughs> it's yeah. <laughs> eeyore yeah so i uh, as i was clipping the old notes this week from the beige book i, I forever <laughs> you'll always think of her always right? yeah always now i call her creative cat <laughs> that's another good one that's a very good one. Oh, and you should be happy to know for our next game night i i procured the new um cranium game mm. Mainly because our like Play-Doh was dried out, and we were—it's <laughs> been around. That we, game's been around for. We were missing years. a bunch of stuff, including the hourglasses, <laughs> arguments over time and whatnot. But so the bottom line is that the Cranium game—I thought I was just buying the game again. You mm-hmm. know, it's changed, dude. It's all updated. The board's a little different. All the cards are new. The the um, the challenges and stuff in the it's very exciting. You we, probably got the new version that's engineered to fail in less time. Perhaps <laughs> <laughs> the board's going to disintegrate on you. Yeah, it's not going to last. <laughs> they realize that you know those board games in the closet for thirty years. Are, it's like the Maytag man. Right. He's so bored. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, I thought maybe this let's. Let's talk Beige Book, man. Let's do it. Beige Book is kind of boring, isn't I'm it? No way. They it's they call it secondary tier data. It's not even necessarily market. Well, because it's looking back. It's yeah. looking back. It's not forward looking, which is driving the markets. It's looking back as a review type of thing. Sure, but aren't we to learn from history so that we don't repeat it again and, and sort of gather what's been going on here? Um, I find it to be very interesting because it's it's kind of a it's like a global review of what's gone on and broken down and breaking down the country into twelve different regions or districts. One and, of the articles I pulled said that it's um, anecdotal observations. Yeah, it's, does anecdotal make it sound? somehow way less significant no i don't think so so the beige book basically what this is is it's an amalgamation of 12 business districts worth of um economic outlook by region um sort of 
throw it all together and see what's going on in the 12 districts that make up the the core economic component of the U.S. Well, it's cool to see it that way, too, because sometimes you get a national figure and, you know, such and such number is up a half a percent. But that doesn't tell you the whole picture. Maybe it's one region that's really driving that growth and the other regions are staying flat. Or For example, you know. in last month's consumer spending talks, it was consumer spending was down. Everybody said, well, yeah, that's because the weather's so cold. But then when you go look at it regionally, it was down the most on the West Coast where the winter has been the driest and mildest um, of seasons. Interesting. So it's not a good excuse to say that that people just can't get out to spend. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, looking at it regionally does provide a little bit of um, insight here. And so all together, what does the Bayes book show? Continued moderate expansion. Man, that word moderate, moderate pace has been all over the beige book for at least two years. Which is why the Fed is remaining patient. Right? Because <laughs> you want to see something um, like exciting growth. What's the word when the beige book gets rid of moderate? I would, I mean, robust, I, robust is yes. a nice word. That's what we'd like to hear. That'd be epic. Um, although, would they these... ever use the word epic? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> the economy's growing <laughs> at an epic pace. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That'd be exciting, huh? You gotta like switch the newscasters. We'll take like the survivor guy and put him on the beige book and put the beige book people like on the survivor thing so they can get some new skills. The Fed needs to get an intern to start handling like their Twitter or something using like, cooler terminology. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, rates be up in the crib. Um, you know, and also one of the things out of the way, out of the uh, beige book that I gleaned, because I think it ties in nicely to what we've been talking about last week on the show, Dan, you said it was always about housing and jobs, housing and jobs, jobs and housing. And now we know that really not the case anymore. Housing, we've sort of feel like is doing just fine and on their own again. Generally healed, yeah. Yeah, and now we've switched to our economy's whole focus is on jobs and inflation, um, you know, wage growth and inflation, we should really say now, because the job growth yeah, has been even great. The, I was just going to say, even the jobs are fine now. We saw the unemployment rates down to 5.5%, which is now Don't you firmly... skip ahead of me, Podesto. I, just, I, I want it because it's it's... Okay, so we're now firmly in that range that the Fed considers full employment. Oh, yeah. The, the upper end of full employment, the, the definition that's the Fed's definition is 5.5%, and that's where we're at right now. Yep. Yeah, that can't hardly be argued. So before I move on from the beige book, <laughs> um, wage pressure, they said, was modest and um, limited to largely, uh, largely to skilled jobs. Um, home sales were mixed across the regions, saying in some places it's doing good, in some places it could probably use a shot in the arm. Um, banking conditions generally improved, and agriculture and oil um, were declining. So I would actually say I, I probably didn't even really need to read the Beige Book to know that. I feel like that's kind of the case it seems, especially with everything I hear. So nothing too surprising in there, but just to know that the economy's trucking on at what they consider to be a moderate pace. Um, and bring that up about the wage growth, because I think that ties beautifully into going on about a good segue. the employment. So let me ask you this. Sure. 
the the beige book report says that it's the skilled jobs that are seeing the most upward pressure so those would imply the higher paying head of household jobs yet the headlines in the last couple of weeks have been low-end jobs low-end employers big employers national employers walmart marshall's and tj maxx um, those are the two so far that we've heard the two big companies yeah um though those companies are announcing wage increases for essentially their minimum wage or entry-level employees so my question is what i've been pondering here is is wage growth a top-down or a bottom-up phenomenon are we because right now we're we're hearing from the fed that it's at the top and we're seeing it in some headlines from the bottom i'm going to say that i'm going to go with the feds because i'm going to trust their economic advisors and you know and by the way these these 12 districts from across the nation saying that this is the norm where they are that that wages don't actually appear to have too much upward pressure except for in the highly skilled market and i think that always makes sense um and and i also think that's going to be the first to rebound really in any company um if you have those unskilled positions where people were clamoring to get them because the unemployment rate was high then you're first going to have to pay those desirable and sought after people and as more companies get healed and and also new startups come into the mix then you're going to have to pay more to get that that top staff, that executive staff member, rather than have to get pay more to get somebody off the bottom rung. In terms you of you can't keep underpaying your your managers. No, because they're gonna get they're gonna be taken away to a company that is either new and growing or just healing and and recognize that they can afford it and they have an actual workflow need. I mean, that's how these people get recruited and move from one company to the next. Um, and so. In terms of why is the media continuing to focus on those big companies um, like Walmart that's going to add a, a billion dollars in payroll liability themselves um, by design and self-inflicted in the next year? I, the reason is, is because um, that's that Joe the plumber. That's that guy that we do all say, man, it's nice to see that guy getting a raise and also nice to see the big, bad, ugly corporation that everybody wants to, to hate making some steps in the right direction proactively and self, self-motivated self for the betterment of their own business. They're figuring that. And so um, I, perhaps it's going from both ends and maybe the middle part is what is going to be the last to come. I think that's the most reasonable explanation. Skilled labor is getting some pressure. We all know there's pressure on the minimum wage side and lots of big businesses coming forward. And let's face it, if Walmart's willing to pay a premium above minimum wage and some other company that isn't the big corporation thinks that they could um, pay less, they're going to be competing with Walmart for that same unskilled labor. So it, I think it leaves that middle working class people, you know, the people that I'd say that are making forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars a year. Those are the ones that are kind of get pinched and and are going to be the last to really catch up in the wage growth. I wonder if Walmart's and and Marshalls are raising wages across all states equally, or if they're only hitting those nine and ten dollar benchmarks. Because right now the minimum wage in California is from the poster. 
Seven eighty-five? No, it's nine dollars. Dang, dude! <laughs> it's already nine dollars. And you know what? In twenty sixteen, it should. It's already scheduled to go up to ten, which is when Walmart and those guys are scheduling to go up to ten. But I know the federal minimum wage is seven and a quarter, so there's other states that are at that minimum wage. Anyway, it there's a have cynic a inside here. me that says yes, that that's exactly <laughs> what's going on. If you remember um, earlier in the year, Walgreens, I think it was, announced that they were getting rid of all of the nicotine products out of their stores. Was it CVS? CVS. Yeah. One of those. Anyway, it was just a publicity stunt because the requirement is now that if you're involved in the healthcare business where you have a pharmacy in your store you can't sell the drugs that i'm going to do air quotes here for the radio i know they're not good the drugs that save your life and make you healthier all the pharmaceuticals and right next to that put the um the cigarettes and the oh. the vapor pins so they were and the forced chew. into that yeah but that's but, good media spin oh my god wasn't it ever <laughs> you know it's like you maybe we should just raise interest rates in our company. We're going to be the first to raise them because they're <laughs> <laughs> they're going to go up soon anyway, and we just want to be ahead of the curve. <laughs> doesn't have the same ring to it, does it? No, <laughs> no, it really doesn't. So moving towards that um, jobs report discussion. So what were what was the national earnings figure? Because that's we, part of the whole employment report. Yeah. Um, See that. Up 0.1%. Oh, yeah. Which, that's not that big. No, it's not. It's nice that it didn't <laughs> decline, but uh, I believe the previous month was uh, 0.5% and then later revised a little bit higher. Um, but altogether, 295,000 new jobs. That's a pretty great number, isn't it? It's a um, good number. It came with a downward revision to January. I rather than say that I'm going to say that it smashed expectations of 240,000 um and yeah with that unemployment rate dropping down to 5.5 that's a little bit of a head scratcher um and February's numbers made 12 straight months of gains above 200,000 jobs it is it is good you know I don't want to suggest that it's not these are good numbers um to, to see consistency above 200,000. It was just so awesome to see November and December be up in the 400 and 300,000 I didn't. I, I didn't bold the second half of my sentence. Can I read my sentence to you again? I, February's numbers marked the 12th straight month of gains above 200,000 jobs. Here comes the bolded part. I bolded this. I already know what it says. The longest streak since 1994. What do you know about that? That was a long time ago. That's good. You were still in high school then, you whippersnapper. The economy hasn't created over 200,000 jobs a month for 12 months running since you were in high school. How's that for half, half glass half full? That was hard for me to spit out. That's pretty good. Um, you know, And now we're just waiting for the, the earnings to catch up. So that's all. Just hanging out, waiting for people to earn more. And then this economy is going to go gangbusters. We're all going to have gold-plated teeth. I'm trying to think of an analogy for describing how the worst 
possible thing that could happen to you and then you get excited about the next 12 months of healing sure being the best sense oh dude i mean we're coming off of bad yeah but imagine <laughs> so, though i mean yeah but it's like they just no, stopped the good. chemo and now you're cancer free for 12 months yeah or something right, like that exactly. there you go that's pretty good yeah that a fellow's gotta feel pretty good about that it's good that's all you really wanted was to see it get healed up and put back on track and know that what the feds did in shelling out unbelievable amounts of money into bailout programs and all these wild investments that we made that it wasn't necessarily all in vain. I realize the grand experiment's not yet over. We still have to figure out how to pay back $20 trillion worth of debt. Yeah. But it wasn't all completely in vain because we are returned to full employment. We are. Yeah. Our intro to our show says, what economy are you talking about? I have no idea how bad it is. We really got to update that. It's really not that bad any anymore. I'll tell you how bad it is because it's still bad. Let's call a spade a spade. You want to know how bad it is? I have an idea how bad it is. Let's hear it. This is how bad it is. This is how bad it is. Wages are flat. That's how bad it is. People need raises. Wages are flat The middle for a class decade. needs to make a little bit more money. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. That first part of, you know, it's like the analogy of if you had a job to give. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of that. What was that movie with the it's in New York with the the guy's a boxer. And anyway, he, he's trying to live his boxing dream, but he needs to support his family during the Great Depression. He goes to the yard in the morning. And the guy stands above the crowd and picks people out of the yard that look like they're just stronger than heck and going to be great laborers. And not only does he pick you out of the crowd, but the whole crowd assembles for what's going to be, you know, out of the hundred plus people in front of you, they're going to select four people for the day's work. And how much do you think those four people are getting? Man, they were picked out of a crowd of people that were screaming at the opportunity to work to feed their kids. They got paid chump change. So by all the jobs we've created, now you got to where instead of that crowd of 100 people showing up begging to work, there's a lot less people. And so the people that are there that are ready to work are going to get paid more because they're not having to crawl over people to be exploited and paid less than they deserve. And that's the first step to getting these higher wages. And I, and I now that we've inarguably reached full employment, that's what's going to happen next is we're going to see the wages um, catch up and, and come come to be the final component to that. Um, and then, of course, once that's happening and everybody's flush with cash, uh, these rates are going to have to go up, too, because of inflation. And, and then, bam, we won't even have to do the show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right? Sure. I mean, that's the recipe. If you had to drop the script, that's how you're going to do it, right? You got to fill all the vacancies, get all the people back to work. Now, once everybody's in there working, um, there's becomes a, a wage pressure. I so. do believe that the second half of the year is going to prove to be pretty good for for wage growth. Yep, I do think that. I, 
that's the good. And I think this is why the feds are waiting to push rates up a little bit is to let this get good and saturated. Let these jobs keep going nuts. Let some inflation pressure start building. See wages start popping up. See a couple months in a row of, you know, good, solid wage growth. I, I don't think it's far off to believe that we'll start seeing wage growth that's over the whole percent mark again. Wow. Dude, it's coming. And when it does... Then I think is when we're going to have the Fed start pushing up uh, rates. And I do. I believe it's later this year, too. I think it's probably in the fall. I'm not a subscriber that we're ready in June. Um, and, and really, truth be told, the more I read about the, the deep cuts of how bad these oil prices are hurting a lot of economies, the Feds are calling it disinflation now because deflation has a, a another um, definition, but not quick to call it deflation. But this disinflation where things are getting a little cheaper to the consumer because of the drop in uh, energy prices, um, those energy prices have finally stabilized. Why, by the way, is oil at 50 bucks a barrel, but gas is on the march back up how has that happened i don't know is this that secret tax they said was coming is it just california or is it national this is um oil or gas companies trying to make up for lost profits Boo. as it was going down Boo. <laughs> yeah i don't know get it done real quick before the quarter's over yeah maybe so huh we're heading into the uh the end of the quarter here aren't we we're also heading into the final commercial break of the hour. We are. What did you think about that one? That was cool. That was, that was good. darn sweet. There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys want to call and ask a question or share a comment, you can. 543-8830 is the number to the studio. 543-8830. Stick around after this short break for more Mortgage Matters. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. What a state of generosity, look what my agent got for me, just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more, but now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you buy your next home. We promise to close on time, on budget, with no surprises. Give Central Coast Lending a call today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543 Loan. Just call 543 Loan. We're the mortgage experts on the set. 
Central Coast Lending. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. All right, everybody. Welcome back. Um, you know, it's just good radio to say here that uh, both Dan and I are running rapidly out of uh, things on the news desk. But um, that being said, go ahead and judge us by the pace of the rest of this thing. I got a couple things that I wanted to share with you before we move on from these jobs numbers, Dan. Uh, first of all, this this metric is one um, that is out and kicked around, and if you're reading in any of the financial press, you'll see it around, um, the Challenger Job Cut Report. And this is a... This is a, a report that tracks the the cuts of employment that jobs um, or that employers make, and employers cut fewer jobs in February. So even that metric is going down, um, but still, um, it's a little bit sketchy right now. U.S. based employers have have ultimately projected to let go of more than fifty thousand jobs. Um, the uh, the reason here being largely dependent on energy. And I, I just suspect that going forward, what we need to see is the, and, and this doesn't translate completely, by the way, to what you're paying at the pump. Um, we talked about it just briefly before the, the break, but uh, a barrel of oil is still somewhere around 50 bucks. I mean, it, it's a chunk in a couple percent back and forth in each session, but it certainly hasn't gone up the the thirty percent that we've seen increases at the pump recently, right? I mean, what was the lowest you pumped gas for in your truck recently around here? No, like in the last two months, what was the lowest that you've seen, and then what has it been recently? I don't even look anymore. It was something below three. I want to say the high twos. Yeah, two eighty ish, Jim. Two seventy, two eighty, two sixty, two seventy, somewhere. Yeah. In there. yeah, the number two sixty seven pops out in my mind. I felt mm. like I saw that around a little bit. Yeah. Um, of course, I I drive a, a diesel powered car, so I, I don't. I'm not as quite tuned into the gas thing lately. But mm-hmm. okay, so last couple of days, how are we looking for a, a gallon of gas? Um, I paid three sixty. So it's three, back three forty three forty nine or three fifty nine or so. Something I like think that back to mm-hmm. when when oil was eighty ninety hundred dollars a barrel and it would gas was was four ten four twenty mm-hmm. a gallon. Now a price of oil is half as much, but yet I'm not paying two oh five or two ten for my gas. You want that? You want to know one of the things I read? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's that? reason is is that there's so much oil and so little storage so as these companies are clamoring to figure out how to store this cheap oil they need to charge you more for it sure and then likewise (laughs) their cost to store has gone up (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) there's a demand for storing oil well and gas is volatile right i mean in just in terms of how it can store and how long it's good for so that that's component of it too so you want to charge more sounds like they need to charge less to get rid of it faster right 
I mean, I, I might even warm my house with gasoline if it got cheap enough. <laughs> there you uh, go. There might be a problem with the yeah. fire in that house. But anyway, uh, what I don't really understand is like you'll go to an intersection and there'll be, well, I'm not going to give out any names, but there'll be a gas station selling it for three sixty nine. Yeah. Okay. And then across the street, there's a gas station selling it for three thirty nine, three forty nine. However, you have people going to the gas station that's selling it for three sixty nine. When you could go across the street and it's the same stuff for three thirty nine. Well, it's because yeah. I got the shell card and I get three percent back. I don't get that. You know, <laughs> I, I want to tell you. <laughs> that's all I can think. Well, here, but maybe you're thinking of it too yeah. simply. Let me tell you a couple things about um, it. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, you laugh, Dan. That three uh, percent serious, dude. When I worked at Caltrans, <laughs> I had a shell card. Oh, well, so okay. yeah, if you got you, a card, a company I, card, I even care how yeah. much gas is exactly. No, not really. No. And it's on yeah. a shell card. Mm-mm. Right. No. I can give a crap. Fill in, pull it up. I was pulling, fill it up. You know, what, you're what's blinded. The big when deal? you have a shell card, you're blinded to Chevron and yeah, all those uh, Valero. <laughs> Who and cares? All that other stuff. I got to get to a shell. Yeah. I have a shell yeah. card. <laughs> True. Okay. And, and when you got to drive, like, I mean, when I worked at Caltrans, I drove as far as, um, you know, Big Sur, Monterey. Carmel area, and then we were our district went all the way down basically past Santa Barbara to Ventura County line. So mm-hmm. I drove all the time, we knew where all shell stations were. Mm-hmm. So let's go score it real quick though. Um, school buses, fire trucks, police, ambulance, mm-hmm. um, Cal Poly cars. I don't know. Going down the list, there's an awful lot of government cars that are willing to fill up and have that or that need to fill up that have a fleet card and need to go to a specific station. So that's one of the reasons yeah. why yeah. Um, is I I want to say and you know, I just I'm always a pretty big critic of uh, government and mm-hmm. and their inefficiencies. I'm going to call that one of them because I participated in it yeah. as a, a government employee. Um, but you, you probably even see that in private business too, where the company, a private business has got a gas card. And so you're well, we the do employee. Here. We do here at the radio stations. We have them for sell. I just, I didn't even think about oh, that one. There you go. But for so our, that's why they can charge our, more. But for our remote vehicles for the FMs. Which I think is yeah. crazy, you know, and that, mm-hmm. that reminds me of one of the inefficiencies of having a disconnect yeah. between the person uh, making the elective expense and not being able to be afforded the opportunity to shop around and waste money like that. Um, And then secondly, the other thing I'll say about it that's uh, kind of down the same line but a little bit different is um, Dan and I actually happen to know a family that owns a couple gas stations in town. And one of the things I gleaned from them is that most of the stations around, like mobile Mm -hmm. um, or – Exxon or um, or Shell or whatever, those are like um, corporate chain stores, right? I mean, yeah. we see them that way. Those guys dictate the prices. Right. They yeah. tell you what your price is that day. Um, and so there are going to be some of those stations around that have preserved the their right to name the price of the fuel um, based on what they believe is the right business decision for the day and therefore could match. Like, yeah, pull up to that intersection out there like Santa Rosa where you've got one on one side and one on the other. And if they're off by 10 cents or more, you're like, well, that left turn's not that big of a pain in the butt to make, you know, to mm-hmm. save four bucks. Mm-hmm. 
But um, yeah, there's places down in LA where all four corners are four big gas stations and you can see it vary by 20 or 30 cents. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of it. One of them is they're told that they need to sell their gas for more, especially in a, you know, a declining environment or, uh, you know, where the, the gas that's in the ground, they paid more for it yesterday than they would be able to sell it today if they just chased it down. So they make an attempt to sell it for more. Um, so it's a little bit of the business side of it, but I'm going to argue it's mostly inefficiencies. And um, and I think that, that that is just a sad state of affairs that the government would be overpaying like that for something where they could obviously save so much money if they gave up that must shop at Shell. Shell has some of the most expensive gas around, doesn't it? I hope I'm not offending like a Shell person, but <laughs> when I drive through, I always see Shell. I'm like, man, Shell's proud of their gas. They Just got that. To let the Shell people know that our gas cards are from Shell. Yeah, that's fine. Station. Yeah, well, give me one, and I'll jump on the bandwagon too, man. My gas card's from who's got the cheapest gas in town. Well, that's what I'm looking at. <laughs> Was yeah, I just as a consumer and somebody paying cash, why would you go and pay three sixty nine? When right across the street is three thirty nine, I don't, I don't understand that. Yeah, it's the same gas. And I, you know, honestly, Shell gets a better gas. Maybe that's it. It, it is a better gas. They, yeah. they get it right off the top. That's where the yeah, the creme, <laughs> the creme de la creme. Yeah. That's the gas de la gas. It's uh, a, you know, and yeah, Shell. They got, they got all those really fancy posters about having clean valves in your car. Yeah. And so, you know, hiring those photographers and showing all those pictures of valves and stuff, that's not cheap. You got to keep your valve pictures updated. Okay. Someone's got to pay for that. So just to tie a little... Now we're going to get sued by (laughs) Shell because of me. Sorry about that, Dan. (laughs) To tie tie a little bow on the the jobs report, we'll just look at California really quick. California's unemployment rate declined 0.2%. It's below 7% for the first time since 2008. Shoosh. 6.9% for California. Fantastic. Yeah. I don't feel like I see a lot of like help wanted signs anymore. I I don't think people even advertise that way anymore, do they? No. I I mean the newspaper has a a good number of job jobs posted in it right now. Yeah, several at Cal Poly. Um, don't remember if I saw any any um, municipalities advertising today. Hmm. But yeah, I saw. I mean, there's a full page, maybe three quarters of a full page of job listings in the paper today. I was wondering why your fingers were had that dirty tinge to them. It was from looking at a paper from the newspaper. Yeah, so old fashioned of you. Yeah. <laughs> huh. Well. I looked at the newspaper this morning. What's wrong with that? No, it's good. <laughs> I I like the newspapers. I like the smell of the newspaper. It reminds me of old people. Yeah. My two-year-old steals the iPad, so I can't look at it there. <laughs> <laughs> See, case in point. Now you just go bow out of the contest with your old man newspaper over in the corner and the kid will take his news digitally (laughs) he's not watching news (laughs) that's for sure i'm surprised by that i would think your kid already has like favorites on you know the wall street journal and stuff like that 
Not so much, eh? <laughs> Not so much. Hey, guys, this is the top of the hour break, which means we got a few minutes here before we kick off the next hour. Go freshen up your coffee, water the dog, do whatever you got to do. We'll be back in a few more minutes with another hour of Mortgage Matters. Welcome back. You're listening to Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. If you want to join the conversation, call the show at 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Now, here's Dan and Jason. All right, everybody. Get excited. Are you excited? Pumped. I'm excited. Um, hey, so just just for Giglays, those are French, by the way. Giglays, Giglays. Okay. Hmm. I uh, I don't even speak French. I just picked that up, you know, because I'm cultured. <laughs> I was uh, I was on the page that I I use. Uh, yeah, so I. Dan does all the newspaper stuff, newspaper spread everywhere, clippings, clippings, old school highlighters. You must have dirty tipped highlighters around. Do you have one that oh, no. you use? They on... wouldn't be dirty tipped around Dan's house. Right. No. I have funny, a few this guy's never been to your office, <laughs> never been to your house, but he totally knows you well. You have one that you use for newspaper and one that you use for white paper, don't you? Dan, don't you? <laughs> Yes. I have highlighters <laughs> at my desk and I have highlighters in my bag. The ones in my bag I use for the newspaper. They have a dirty tip and they you would never put them Look, on white I paper. I also go through different news sources that I have online and different email publications I'm a part of and I and I clip from there as well. I've got just a well-rounded array of sources. You're kind just, of you're sounds defensive. You're eliminating Does an it entire source of news. It does Slightly, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not mad at you. I nope. I I love you for it, and you're all that about you. Those are some of my favorite things, um, folks. Imagine the the level of micromanagement at the business we get out of such an acute attention to detail of all details. Um, at any well, rate. I'm a digital guy. I follow the things I, online. I just got to know this too, Jason. Does he cut the articles out with a paper cutter or scissors? No, that's scissors. Just scissors. careful. Okay. Just very careful. Okay. Yeah. And believe me, I if can there, follow a straight line. If there was like a shard hanging off, it would be recut. And then if it was <laughs> crooked and he had to sacrifice a little bit of text to get the crooked part <laughs> off, he would sacrifice a little bit of text to okay. get it straight. All right. Well, but yeah, I mean, Dan it, is smiling, and, and I don't. Sometimes I don't have scissors handy, so I'll rip an article out and then I'll trim it up later. <laughs> yeah, trim them later. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, Good. all right. Don't be defensive, but he has that look where it's a, a little bit like <laughs> he's being picked, picked on. on. Right You're not picked on. Picked um, on. These are these are fantastic attributes to have. Uh, so I'm a digital guy, though, right? Oh, I get a lot of blog stuff. I get a lot of stuff off of the web that I'm just kind of picking and choosing different little sites. I like some CNBC. I really like The Week. I know I've talked about that before on the show. I, I do the Wall Street Journal online, a couple of other. Bloomberg's a big favorite of mine. Um, sort of an aggregator of a lot of different um, reads from around the place. Like you said earlier, the person that does like the the filler stuff for the Tribune always has one sort of 
bizarre leaning towards the Giants or something. And then also the national canned articles that the Tribune pulls about something real estate related drive me nuts. And I'll concede at times they do a great job bringing the local touch to it. Uh, but by and large, I take a, just a different sampling, all of which is digitally based. Um, so that being said, check this out, Dan. I'm on CNBC today. Mm-hmm. And over on the right-hand side of my screen, in fact, let me just let me just point this at you so you can get a little idea of what I'm about to say. Lending tree. Lending tree? Look at this interest rate. They're still around? Yeah, look at this interest rate. 2.67 APR. Oh, I was going to do that thing, Jim, where you point- do that cough and you say the bad word in the cough, but you don't. How are you going to get a 3.5% APR on a 30-year fix today? You are not. Does it exist? You no are No, way. sir, it does not. It does not exist. That is full-blown advertorial fraud, yeah. um, and and I'm not afraid to say it. So And, and so one of the things that I, I love about this is gives us an opportunity to chat a little bit here about how LendingTree works. And um, I, by the way, as a business model, I really like LendingTree. What a great idea, isn't it? So, I mean, yeah, in theory. It Have a place sense. where you can go, Dan, a one-stop where you can walk in the door or fill out an inquiry online. And rather than spend your day going out and interviewing four different banks today, uh, you click here. These guys have four banks waiting in the wings that will compete for your business. It sounds great. What I an like that. unbelievable idea. It sounds vaguely, um, actually not vague at all. It sounds identical to what we do at our company where um, we work with like 50 different banks. So the as far as banks competing for your business and getting that lowest price, that's really what we do. Um, but point being... I'll tell you guys it save you any of the headache if you're ever ready to dial up Lending Tree. And some people that are listening no doubt have because these people do a lot of uh, advertising on TV, print, and online and everything. Your your inquiry is worth quite a bit of money to those four banks, and they all pay um, somewhere between – last I looked into it, it was between 70 and $15 for your name and phone number and and mailing address and and basically what they do is you know in buying your information they're then going to hound you to death trying to get you to do business with them and I think that's probably one of the first breakdowns and then secondly once you respond to um, you know a 30 year fix at three and a half APR that they're advertising today uh, and find out that that's nowhere even close to possible, um, then you're you're sort of already jumping off on the wrong foot in, I think, setting the, the stage for the things to come in the transaction. But kind of funny. Altogether, a great principle, though. And one, I mean, let, let's not lie about it. I mean, it, it's sort of the one of the principles of why the mortgage brokerage um, or in our case, you know, we're a broker and a banker, but using 50 different banks as opposed to being captive by one gives you that ability to do all those different deals. Did you get a Did you get a supportive text from mom saying, "Tell him to stop picking on you"? Yeah, I did actually. <laughs> What'd she say? She's like trying to bully you because she just got done. <laughs> she said, "Let him know I'm listening." <laughs> <laughs> Your mom, she, she just got done straightening the edges of her clippings too. 
I'm huh. about to send you a mean text. <laughs> I'm staying out of the conversation right now. I'll, I'll, I, I got I, it from my mom, okay? No, I know. There was no hope for me. I don't, I see, and this is where I, I sense that you are feeling a little bit picked on. No, I, I don't, don't think it's, it's cool. a bad, I, know who I don't I think am. it's a bad I'm thing. okay with it. Yeah, you're it's comfortable good. with it. Yeah. Hey, you wouldn't be as successful as you are today That's without right. that attention to detail. I'm organized, man. Yeah. My, I'll, I'll tell you uh, the keys to my um, success. How did I get to where I am today? Hmm. I'll tell you, I think it's two things. Number one is I have almost a photographic memory of things I read. I, I don't know what it means to say that you have a photographic memory, but mine's pretty darn good. That's a huge thing. And then secondly, um, path of least resistance. <laughs> when I was a kid, they all accused me of being lazy. A corner cutter? That has a negative connotation. <laughs> if I can get us all to the finish point without sacrificing anything by not making us do those extra steps of going around that needless corner, uh, by all means, I shall lead us on the corner cut. And I, I don't, that doesn't have to have a negative connotation to it yet. It does. Doesn't it? So in other words, he's a corner cutter. No, dude, I'm crazy <laughs> efficient, efficient, really An efficient efficiency right, right, expert. Right. Yeah. And and recognizing what the the big nuts and bolts, chunky components of this thing, these these are the things that you just don't compromise on. You got to get these pieces done. And then also like simultaneously sizing up how much of the little insignificant crap life throws at you that slows you down from being as efficient as you could be. So, and then, yeah. So that's why, and that's why we're such a good match. Dan's a... You know, attention to detail is unfailing. Mm -hmm. Isn't it like you're the like the Oscar to his Felix, the odd couple? I don't know. I don't know who Oscar or Felix are. Oh, I thought you were going to do Oscar, Oscar was like this. Yeah, big... I'm no, Oscar no, no, no. to your grouch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's grumpy, making a reference. He does have a banana peel stuck to the back okay, of his I'm head. Going like you know, too far back. But Felix was kind of neat and clean, and Felix Oscar was just kind of you no. Know, this, this call, show called the Odd Couple. It's a place still, actually. No, Felix is neat I, and clean. I can appreciate why you sloppy would, and just. Eh, I can appreciate why you'd think that way, but Dan will Dan will back me up as I keep a very tidy desk. And okay. there's and, differences, but there's a lot. There's some we have overlap. I keep like yeah, my 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 vehicle, for example, is like pretty much always ready for like a picture that you could show the world. I keep it really clean, clean and tidy. Clean. I, everything I do keep things highly organized. Yeah. Now I'll give up. If you go into my closet, yes, all of my shirts are hanging that are, you know, from short sleeves in the front to long sleeves in the back to the collared polos to the dress shirts and that they're all hanging neatly, but none are color coded. That's where like I fall short. Dan then has to get them in a, you know, by vintage size and color, there's an order to it. I'm sure I don't know, but I don't have that. Dad's, are you? I don't know if Dad's that bad. No, no, no not He's at all. Shaking his head over there. So not at okay. all. Um, so yeah, while I can appreciate that I give you the impression of being a slob, I'm really not at all. I actually am pretty tidy. It's just because Dan today is neatly shaven, and I have. So Gross. I'm kind of fascinated here. I'm I'm sitting here. I'm looking up some some figures about Fannie Mae securities and where they're trading. Uh huh. How is that? 
Just move away from. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually quite surprised. I looked up the Fannie Mae 3.5% coupon because of what Lending Tree is offering. Right. Or saying. I, I still know that you can't. Is cannot the 3.5% right. coupon over par? It trades at 104. Can you believe that? That tells me that there is so much profit being built in on the bank side. But you cannot, as a consumer, go out and get a 3.5% 30-year fixed interest rate without paying gobs of fees. It just does sure. not exist today. Well, and the other thing you got to remember right now, too, is that a 3.5% interest rate loan is being, um, I mean, that's like a ticket to long-term cash flow, right? Those loans are not likely to, to refinance away. Right. I mean, and people... Like, I, I keep going through this at my house, okay? Even like, if Fannie Mae 3 security is trading above par. I have a three and a quarter, 30-year fixed at my house. And I kind of want, I need another room. And I kind of want to do an addition. But I... You don't want to touch that loan. That's for sure. But more than that is I worry about becoming an over-improvement in my neighborhood. And I don't want to do that. And also, just kind of go what you could build it for. You could kind of still buy it for a little bit cheaper than what you could build it for. So then I think, well, heck, rather than get all crazy and start, you know, getting a figuring out how to do an add-on, maybe I should just sell my house and buy a new one. And then I go back to the fact it's like, yeah, but I still have that three and a quarter, thirty-year fixed where yeah, I can't get that again. And so yeah, you're, you're going to get less house. For the same price. So you know what happens? Hmm. I stay put. I I close that book and say, not today. Not today. <laughs> I'll just hang tough with my three and a quarter, 30-year fix. And there's a lot of people that are going to do that. So when you look at these securities, you know, a few years ago when interest rates were down at three and a quarter or whatever, a three and a half didn't have a whole heck of a lot of value. You got to worry. Those people might sell their house. They might refinance those securities aren't worth the gold they're worth today where we're staring down the barrel of the feds pushing up interest rates this could be some of the last vintage of three and a half year stuff and and by the way that the three and a half coupon contains like three and a quarter to three and three quarters right roughly yeah so some of that stuff is a little bit closer to reasonable and the other thing too is that in terms of how those securities go down if somebody has a three and a half they paid discount points to get it and that money kind of goes into the kitty too and gets taken into consideration with what it's bid for so um yeah anyway these rates are poised to go up i guess that's my point above all else and and the people that have a good low interest rate are going to stay where they are um, they're going to tolerate a lot of dissatisfiers to stay where they are and keep their super low rate, to not refinance and get rid of their super low rate. That's going to be just one of the new things to contend with going forward. Um, and I'll just throw it out there now. If you don't have one of those rates, um, we're still, I mean, yesterday, as much as it was a bloodbath this week, we should put this into context. Maybe I'm being Debbie Downer or at least coming off that way. Um, yesterday, we locked a 30-year fixed um, at 3.875 with no points. That's a good freaking deal. Uh, and if you don't think so, go talk to somebody that had a mortgage outside of the last couple of years. There's times where people had mortgages for 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 12, 14 percent it's a 
It's a smoking deal. 3.875 for a 30-year loan. Fixed rate loan. 30 full years. That's like forever for most people. It doesn't get a lot better than that. If you don't have one that cheap, give us a call. We'll help you get one that cheap. Then you can brag it. Your friends and be the center of attention at the next get-together. <laughs> it's like you put it right up there with your gluten-free lifestyle. <laughs> you also have a 3.875 30-year fix that you could talk about all day long that you got from Central Coast Lending. It's 1020 now. We got to do a commercial break. We have a couple more to go this hour. Um, guys, I realize these commercials are redundant, but we really are thankful for these sponsors that help make the show possible. Give them an ear. We'll be back in a minute with more Mortgage Matters. To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. The state of denial is a drag and a trial. When I bought my cheap insurance, should have known this day would come. Now I've had an accident and I'm feeling quite alone. Called them at least 20 times, but they won't pick up the phone. Without personal service, my policy's kind of worthless. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you can save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. Hi, this is Jason Grody at Central Coast Lending, host of Mortgage Matters on KVEC. Let me and my staff of mortgage experts help you refinance your home or investment property. Lower your rate, shorten your loan term, or get out of your mortgage insurance. Call Central Coast Lending today. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change, Blakesley & Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley & Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley & Blakesley, for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show. All right, we are back here. It's Mortgage Matters. If you would like to squeeze in a phone call, we're here. We're live. You can do it. 543-8830. Look, Jim. Look at it. Oh, it's not. 
That was cool. Anyway, that Black might Black ACDC. That's my 12-year-old son playing that for you. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you met him a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. gave him your Egg McMuffin. That's right. <laughs> Starving kid. See, wow. he, he likes the same music you like. That's cool. awesome. Yeah. Now, they're going to be in uh, San Francisco and Los Angeles in September. I'm going. Nice. So you might have to have a Didn't, guest. Uh, isn't the drummer like arrested right now or something? No, no there was some sort of thing going on. One of them did sure. something. Yeah, like shot but I think, yeah, but I don't know. I'm not sure what happened with that. Hmm. We spent a lot of time talking about employment. Oh, I thought you were going to say talking about personality quirks. <laughs> We've spent a lot of time talking about that, too. About employment and how it's... it's uh, been pressuring rates to move higher this past week that wasn't the only reason stress tests oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah i clipped i clipped a bunch of notes about stress tests and i'm like thinking nobody actually cares about basil three well the stress tests are how often are they are they stress testing the banks well, I think the stress test really... Is it an ongoing, like, monthly type yeah, of reporting I, thing? No, I don't even think that it's monthly. We'll have it's to just look constant. it up to be sure, but it is an ongoing thing where the these banks are being monitored um, to make sure that they can withstand... Um, Another meltdown? Yeah. And the metrics... I, I haven't looked these up in, in a while, by the way, but it's like... Face the Dow falling by 50%. Face home values plummeting by 50%. Face 12% unemployment. Mm -hmm. All these different metrics to show that you're capable of surviving it. And, oh, man, the stress tests have revealed that um, go on back a few years ago when Obama was – saying that these banks you know basically it, it was a they these, posed systemic risk to the to the whole oh, they were, financial system but they were hoarding too much money and in any one bank was uh, too big and but now, they were being required to and, beef up reserves well, to meet these shortly thereafter that's what all the regulations did require is that these guys held more and more money um so yeah we were we were told as of june of last year that um june of 2014 that all 98 large internationally active banks now meet the Basel three risk-based capital minimum requirements. Um, there are still, by the way, like 20% of the banks, so the little bit smaller banks um, that are still falling short of it. And the other thing, too, is one of the things that always comes along with this, um, the Basel conversation is, it's changed the kind of um, things that banks can have on their balance sheet, the kind of debts, right? I think the easiest way to say this is if you're too heavily weighted in any one part. Credit cards or real estate or auto loans. Yeah, or whatever. if you're 75% of what you hold in your bank, like you're just really good at doing home loans and therefore 75% of what you have then is home loan based, no, you can't do that anymore because if there was a big problem in the housing industry, you're in big trouble. And then all, going down that same path, if it's too heavily weighted in Consumer. credit card or auto or you know whatever it might be, hey, the best thing they could do is just um, – a bank could do is just do student loans, right? Because you get to charge a premium and they can never be, can never be wiped mm-hmm. out or taken away. 
But the bottom line is it changes when a bank, and if you go talk to some of the local banks around here, you'll see that it's true. They run out of money in some categories now. Yeah, we yes, we are advertising a 3% used car loan, but we're full of that. <laughs> you can't have any more of those until some pay off. Uh, home loans the same way. Construction loans the same way. To not get caught in a change in the economy where now there's a problem in some sector and you can't survive. So what's the takeaway? Little bit of regulation's good. These banks are sitting on unbelievable amounts of money now. But, and are you suggesting that that's not good? Um, I don't know. They're big. I, They're bigger. Yeah. I mean, that was against the goal, I thought. Well, that wasn't yeah, the change was, I voted for. Right, it was too big to fail. And through all of this regulation and, and um, stress test requirements, you know, the, these requirements to be financial, more financially stable to withstand future economic Too big to fail had a different association that was like... It was like, break up the big banks. Yeah. We don't want to have any Spread one institution that can take down the whole system. Yeah. Like, And not even just banks. You know, look at the AIGs or the, you know, the investment firms, the, the, you know, all, all those different types of, of institutions that could single handedly collapse the system. Right. We wanted to get away from that, which I kind of took that to mean, let's, let's break them up into smaller, uh, smaller, smaller entities. And, and that it's would like be diversifying. healthier, but that's through this whole recovery there's only been consolidation in right. financial institutions and it's led to bigger bigger banks but at the same time they have beefed up reserves and lowered the leverage ratios of of cash to to debts and and so now they according to the tests can they are better equipped to withstand a future catastrophe so in that sense so I guess next we're time safer. we won't have to bail them out yeah, but I mean, we still have these behemoth institutions that maybe maybe we've we've done our metrics wrong, and something that we haven't anticipated is going to happen, and but look, we're still in the same position where one institution could take us down. The tragic bycatch of all these regulations is the increased cost of compliance. Compliance, right? It's too many banks have had to consolidate, been forced to sell, and other banks that are running around gobbling up banks because they already have the compliance in, in, you know, under roof and they know how to take care of it and they could manage it and all this so that, yes, we needed a lot more regulation. It was run amok for a good long while. And we saw what happens with the lack of regulation. The pendulums arguably swung a little bit too far in so much as we're kind of creating, um, Monopolies. Yeah, it's creating an environment where it's hard for a little guy to sustain or for a new entrant to, to emerge, emerge right. in, in those markets. Yeah, we used to have bank starts, new banks every year. Um, there was metrics that were tracked about how many new banks opened. That new banks opening is such a good thing. Um, it, it makes banks compete on terms and fees. It makes banks compete on... Um, the offering of diverse credit to different people, if it's secured or unsecured, if it's 
some banks, you know, are really good at doing credit card stuff to people with damaged credit. And so they're there. Anyways, there's these opportunities for banks to pop up and compete to carve out some market share by giving really great service and good fees. And and the trouble is, is that with all these new regulations, we've squashed that. So pretty soon, all you end up with is, well, we know what Chase will do for you. We know what Citibank and Wells Fargo will do for you. And that's it. Well, and speaking to our industry, to mortgages, I just looked up on the Wall Street Journal and on a couple of other sites just to confirm that my numbers were right. A Fannie Mae three and a half security is trading at 104 for a consumer to go out and get a three and a half percent 30 year fixed. You're going to pay two to three points to get that. Yep. So that means there's six points, six percent of profit in there for a mortgage, for a conventional Fannie Mae mortgage. That is huge. Oh, yeah. Remember back when we started and those conventional mortgages, you'd be lucky to make a, a quarter. quarter of a point right. on a mortgage. I mean, on a good day, if you really had good marketing and weren't trying to compete on best rate, you can make a half a point. Now there's six points built in. That's insane. Well, think about that too, though, Dan. Like walk around Slow County here. How many, how many independent mortgage brokerages remain? us <laughs> there's like four maybe in the whole county I, i'm and i'm might have exaggerated with that number i'm not yeah four i you know I, I think maybe it is four five katie capital yeah spinnaker are they i don't know colony i don't even think they're around Maybe. And then that join out in Los Osos. Yep. Broker, they're a broker. Some mortgage bank on, in Slow. That's independent. Anyway, there are not many. When we got into this business, what was, how many years ago? I'm an exaggerator. 12 years ago? 2002. Yeah. Ish. Going on 13. Yeah. Um, I've been saying 12 years for like five years, bro. <laughs> Finally caught up. I'm going to have to change it now. 16 years ago when we got into this business? Uh, accurate or not yeah no but see you're looking at guild not independently owned no nope. prospect mortgage not independently owned um yeah those those sure two are is. those two are are national net branch model companies they're you're basically like a franchise of of the big corporate name so and, point being 12 years ago though in slow county how many model. brokerages were there in slow county 12 years ago I, is triple digits exaggerating? Were there a hundred no, companies? No, uh, yeah, definitely. I don't even know if I mean, however many there were, it was like ninety percent of them. Definitely a hundred plus. Okay, that is not good for consumers, right? Right. By the way, what are we doing? We're like the David fighting non-conformists. Yeah, we are. We are. Are we making poor decisions? I don't think so. I mean, I I think there's still a, a home for this. I mean, I, I think if, if we can get through this part of the cycle, I think that there will be a swing back toward the independent company. Yeah, I but do. All, what Although about it, all it those regulations? Hard. It's though. always going to be difficult unless the regulations ease up, because right now the big banks are helping the government develop the regulations. So the regulations, as we've seen, have skewed, have always kind of favored the, the bigger institutions. And so it is harder for a smaller company like ours to succeed in this environment. You have to 
really work hard. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, competing on price was obviously our natural first niche in the market. Was I think that's kind of the first thing already, right? I mean, if if you're the... If you're the dude selling watermelon and you show up to the farmer's market and there's already four dudes selling watermelon, how are you going to sell yours? Be the first one they see or sell it for less than the others, right? So when we first started our mortgage business, we just competed solely on price. It was it's cuz it, cuz it's pretty difficult to be the most visible lender when you're the newest guy on the block. It costs a ton of money to advertise. So all we really did was just come out saying, we'll beat anybody anytime. You come lay the deal down and we'll smoke them, and then you'll do the deal with us. Over time and hard work, we've developed a reputation where um, many good people don't hesitate to want to come to Central Coast Lending for a home loan because their escrow agent referred them to us or their real estate agent referred them to us. Their CPA referred them to us. Their coworker referred them to us. So there's, we've by good hard work and, and much deserved reputation, we've definitely carved out a market share. Um, but that is not an easy thing to do. And so it, it's one of these things where, and now I think people know that it's based on service too. And, and then additionally, it's based on um, earlier in the show, we were kind of talking about how banks compete for the, the, the business. So they offer the lower rate and you get a lower rate, whatever. Um, there's a whole nother side to that, by the way, which is, you know, pick on any bank. I always love to pick on Wells Fargo because that's like the low lying fruit. There's things Wells Fargo doesn't want to do. There's things their board is determined is too risky or time consuming or not worth the training. The payoff isn't good enough. So they don't want to do certain kinds of loans. They don't offer certain programs. They don't do the Fannie Mae guidelines in their true naked form. They do some overlays that that skew it into being their brand and make it a little bit more conservative. And so that creates an opportunity for a guy like us too. We're now I don't have to compete only on price. I can come out and talk about loan programs we offer that Wells Fargo simply doesn't offer every day, day in and day out. We And we pick up those deals that fall apart on their side. Um, so there's something to be said about that, um, the nimbleness of the smaller business, the efficiencies of the smaller business, right? I mean, that's Definitely. one of the reasons why we're able to offer the better deals to our clients than what they're getting elsewhere is because we're focused every day on keeping our overhead down, which allows us to offer a cheaper profit margin and, and thereby compete still on price, though it's not our primary objective. Um, we still are better than the big banks, I want to say, on every deal every day. Maybe there's some outliers to that. I don't know. Uh, but the reality of it is, is that um, – there's such a value and benefit to a company like ours to exist. Um, and I realized we started talking about banks this way, but same thing. I'm going to say the same thing about banks. There's such a value to the diversity of banks, the small town, local, independently owned banks that are doing everything they can do right by the very people that they serve in that town. I mean, I, I shared it on the show a few weeks ago. Chase's model is now moved. People are using less branches again. They're shutting down 300 coming up here soon. And we're losing some out of our county. Mm -hmm. um, and I hope that we consumers, saw Citibank doing the same thing. Yeah. And what I want is for the consumer 
to step up and say, I'm not going to tolerate that and go open an account at one of the banks in town. Um, Founders. Seslock. Yeah. Um, yeah. Heritage. There, there's a variety of banks in town where you can get yourself a good local bank. You don't have to put up with that stuff. With this new online era, most of the little banks are now offering the same services of what the big banks are, but you don't have to tolerate them removing your options and opportunities for service and low fees and all that. Um, and, and it makes a bigger statement, right? Because as those banks get bigger with our deposits, that gives them an opportunity to grow and go compete with the big dogs. Um, and there are good, intelligent, hardworking people running around in this town that are still banking with the big bad banks. And I wish they wouldn't, but it's hard to switch banks, right? Isn't it such a pain in the butt? It's funny. I, you mentioned Chase Bank. I live in Roy Grandy. There's there's two Chase Banks in Royal Grandy, and then technically there's a third one, but it's in Grover, but it's barely in Grover. It's inside the Vons there. Uh-huh. So it's like within five minutes. Of another. There's three Chase Banks. It's crazy. Uh-huh. And then, um, of course, they have all their ATMs at the AMPMs. So there's a lot of... Oh, is that what happened? Yeah. See, I stopped going to AMPM because... They won't take a credit card. They won't take a credit card. You use your debit card, and then they charge you 35 cents to use your debit card. And over 10 gallons of gas, that eats up the 3 cents a gallon that you save by going to AMPM. So I'm like, you know what? Their business model's archaic. I'm done with them. What a surprise that they put Chase ATMs in their business. It's funny, but, but, you know, it's... It was like it's soundless. <laughs> I'm such a hater on those big businesses, huh? <laughs> maybe I should maybe I should try to curb it a little bit yeah. when we're on the air. <laughs> <laughs> but, Sorry, AMPM. <laughs> kind of, <laughs> kind of not. <laughs> All right, you guys. It's 10:42. We got to do the final commercial break of the show. When we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about loans. I wanted to circle back on that idea about um, a guy like me that wants to do an add-on and can't yet and what you know what options might exist there. So we'll wrap a little bit more about that after this last break. Stick around for more Mortgage Matters. Don't go anywhere. Keep it locked to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. To ask a question, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. We'll be back in just a few minutes. For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com. What a state of generosity, look what my agent got for me, just by switching to State Farm. A few hundred unexpected bucks, I couldn't ask for more, but now I've got to figure out what I should use it for. A new bike would be radical, but maybe something practical, like a pet baboon with one robotic arm. Get to a better state, State Farm. Switch to State Farm and you could save. To find out more in San Luis Obispo, call Agent Susan Rodriguez. 
through seven presidential administrations, bull and bear markets, and unprecedented change. Blakesley and Blakesley has been here helping residents of the Central Coast reach their financial goals. So if you need retirement advice beyond Social Security, want to roll over an old 401k, or simply seek guidance through an important financial decision, visit Blakesley and Blakesley in San Luis Obispo, Paso Robles, and Santa Maria. Blakesley and Blakesley for the service you deserve and the advice you trust. Member FINRA and SIPC. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending. Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso, Morro Bay, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande. Central Coast Lending, the mortgage experts. You're listening to Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. If you missed any part of the show, log on to centralcoastlending.com for archived shows and more. Now, back to your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending. All right, welcome back. Thanks, you guys, for being with us. If you've been here the whole two hours, man, you are brave. This show is boring. No? It's not boring. It's very informative. <laughs> I've been enjoying this. I would listen to this show. If, I, if, it, even, if it wasn't me, I would listen. And if I didn't have to come in on Saturdays and run the board, I would listen to this you show. You would? Yes. Excellent. Excellent. The whole point's to keep people in tune. I mean, this is a lot of information you can find on your own if you're so inclined, but you know, we want to get narrow on our topic and keep you informed for when you're looking for a house, when you're looking to get a mortgage that you know what's available to you so that you're not steered in one direction. Even though there's all this regulation to keep you from being steered towards a certain loan, I don't, ju- the nature of just going to a big, like back on the big bank, the nature of going to a big bank is they only offer what they offer. Right. Whereas we we bring banks together to compete, so you win. Oh, I just uh, stole someone's tagline. I had a... I had a client come in last month. Um, it's a deal. Actually, we got docs out on it yesterday, so it's darn near closed. But um, came in, said, you know, I want to be totally upfront with you. I'm interested in getting pre-qualified, and then I'm going to get quotes from three different companies. And if you're, you know, I, I hope you're the best. So I'm I said, rooting for you. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> so I said, okay, let's get her done. By the end of our meeting, I'm gonna, I'm gonna show you how you're going to go and shop with the other people and it arm you with the tools it takes to go compare. So we get all the way down to the end, you know, and she says, wow, you know, you know what I realize now? I'm not going to call anybody else. I'm like, ha, I'm that good. Um, she says, no, it's, it's too much information. You can't even like, you can't even succinctly get somebody to tell you what their interest rate is when you start comparing all the different options and everything that goes into it. And so I said, well, you might be losing the forest, you know, through the trees now, 
you can, but here's your, here's your list of things that you need to say. It's an owner-occupied primary residence, 5% down, 720 credit score with you know monthly mortgage insurance. If you give them those bullet points, they should easily be able to come back to you with what their interest rate is. She says, yeah, but now we just covered that the interest, there's like 12 interest rates and I'm the one that has to pick one. So you just have to compare the same interest rate That's across right. the different so banks. So now you need really to get... Like, say you want a no points interest rate then, okay? If that's where you want to oh, yeah. compare, then tell them that you don't want a credit, but you don't want to pay a point. You just want to get a no points interest rate and see what that is. And, you know, then likewise, if you're inclined on what I've showed you today, if you're inclined to go with me on the one that has you paying a point, then ask them to give you a worksheet on what it would be if you paid a point. Um so I circled back with her like, you know, she never once told me you're my guy or you're not my guy. Several weeks passed and I just kept working on it. Right. So I finally said, hey, did you call anybody else? Did you end up getting those other quotes? And she said, no, I didn't. Um, because if I found somebody else that even was a little bit cheaper, I don't think that they're going to be as on top of it as you are. And so I'm like. Man, I'm like, I tried so hard to meet this gal's objective of figuring out how to go compare and compete and ended up not at all. Um, but I really do think it's one of those things where people should get in there and get pre-qualified by the person that they, they think that they're inclined to go with and then go and get an estimate somewhere else and see if, if you need to make them sharpen the pencil or um, if they're even in a position where they can. And then in some cases, you know, I had, a, I had another transaction happen um, this last week where I was, I was the the alternate quote. They were already pretty sure they were working with another company and called me up for a quote. And I said, well, you can't even do that. That quote that you have is not even a real quote. You can't even do what they're, they're suggesting they can do. When your loan amount goes over $417,000 on a conventional loan, you can no longer do 5% down. You must do 10% down. Um, and so in this case, we saved these people some super grief because a 30-day escrow, the loan officer blew it on saying that they could do a deal that they really couldn't do. And then getting, you know, they would have found that out in underwriting after they did an appraisal and a home inspection 15 days into a 30-day escrow, they would have been scrambling to to go another path. And so then I'd say that sometimes getting a second opinion, not just about the rate and term, but also about the qualification isn't a terrible idea. So if, if you guys are in a position where you want to know where you stand or if the deal that you're getting is a good deal, um, obviously we, we'd love to throw our hat in the ring. So uh, I'm putting my consumer hat on. I hear that. How is it possible that someone goes into a company, a mortgage company, where all they do for a living is mortgages and they're fed information on a loan that doesn't even exist? How does that happen? All right. Well, I'm going to I'm going to go back to I mean, this ties into what we were talking about a little bit ago about the the quality of companies that are around. I mean, we, we estimate that in 2002, there was 
a hundred plus mortgage companies around on the central coast that were privately owned. And today there are, uh, we, we struggled to think of four We're questionable on four or five. Um, the companies that have survived that they know what they're doing. They're pros at competing with the big banks. So they're obviously able to compete both in programs, service and pricing and everything. So the, I mean, the reality of it is, is that those big banks, and I, I want to pick on them because, first and foremost, they have an exemption. Most of their loan officers don't even have the same licensing that, that guys like us have. So they don't have the training and experience. They don't have the... They haven't been required to do the NMLS licensing? You have to do an MLS, NMLS filing Fi- oh. just to get registered and get a number. But you're, being under your bank's license means that you're... You know, when it's a depository institution like that, you don't have the same requirements. And so because of that exemption, you can have somebody that literally got hired yesterday or a month or three ago working and your loan. is working on your loan. <laughs> and believe me, um, I mean, we try to keep this whole thing pretty simple, but... You know, we can do FHA, Cal FHA, VA, USDA, conventional, Fannie, conventional Freddie. You run on down the list. There's a ton of different programs. And then so uh, what program can I qualify for if I had a short sale three and a half years ago? Can that new guy name all of those and go on down the list and say, hey, well, that's two years for USDA, three years for FHA, five years for conventional? Or do they go... Well, you know, I, I, it's, you're probably looking at three years, and then if they move were smart, on from they'd that go point. onto our website and pull up the, the worksheet <laughs> we have. Yeah, <laughs> but but point being is, you can run into a lower caliber person that maybe doesn't have the same level of experience or tenure. Um, but then also the other thing too is that sometimes people just make a mistake. You know, especially if the call center, okay, like let's say you called um, a cash call. I saw them advertising on the show that I watch on TV. So their rate sounds pretty freaking good. So I dial them up. Hey, Jimmy, let me get a loan from you. Yeah, I'm over here in San Luis. I'm trying to buy this house. It's 600 grand. Okay. Um, what's the conforming loan limit for Slow County? Jimmy's in Michigan, man. He has no idea. And if he doesn't remember to ask that question, he might even go working down a whole path of just, yeah, I know the loan amounts are higher in California. And this guy probably wouldn't be asking for something that he didn't think he could get. So they don't go double check to find out that the max loan limit for slow county is only $561,200. They can miss that easily. Likewise, that same thing about crossing over thresholds where down payment requirements or reserve requirements or credit score requirements are going to change. Um, so sometimes getting a second opinion, just save your bacon altogether, um, regardless if it proves to be just something about terms that are better. Uh, there's a there's a whole host of reasons. I mean, we could talk about this all day long. I really like the structure of our company, and I think it's powerful. Um, the people that work with us are giving themselves an opportunity, I think, where they stand to to get some really high level of care and the full program offering of every loan program and type that exists for people. Um, 
I, I always like to say, I tell people all the time, if you're lendable, I can lend to you. If you're not lendable, I can't do it. No one can do it. And we'll, we'll get you on a path to figure out how or why. Um, you know, sometimes that's property related. Sometimes that's credit related. Sometimes it's income related or something. There's, there's always those odd little things that we have to work on. I wanted to, um, kind of circle back to what we were talking about earlier. There's a lot of people like me around that, um, got really low interest rates and, now you have some need or something that you want to do and you're looking at what your options are. Um, so first of all, I want to say that, um, last week on the show, we talked a lot about all the home price indices, right? Everything's up a bunch, five, 10% around the County, depending on the price range and part of the County that you're in. Great opportunity for people to um, figure out how to get rid of their mortgage insurance, whether it's because you're going to actually refinance into a new loan or um, we can sometimes we can just show you what you need to do to be able to challenge your current servicer to get rid of it. Um, and we're we're not too busy for those kind of phone calls, too. So if you have mortgage insurance, excuse me, by all means. Give us a call. Let us figure out how to help you. And then also construction loans. We do have a few different um, construction loan programs. We have programs that will help you build from bare dirt. Um, we also have rehabilitation loans, which will you can take an existing residence that's either in a livable condition currently or in some kind of state of disrepair and be able to fix that home to a, a habitable condition or a much improved condition. Um, but we have both conventional and um, FHA options for that type of loan. I did a couple loans for a family over the last few years and I got a call from again this week and they said, hey, last loan that I did for them was a three and a half percent 30 year fix, it was like two years ago. And then they started talking about, well, I have a we need to get at some cash. So we sat down and figured it out. And, and bottom line is the takeaway there is that we're not doing a new loan for them. We came up with a, a better way for them to access their 20 grand than to, to shake their three and a half rate. So I hope you guys get the sense of it. We really want to give you counsel on what the best advice is for you. Um, coming from a vantage point of representing like 50 different banks and an opportunity to show you what all the program offering is and, um, and really use that to your advantage. If you guys are looking for that level of care, give us a call this week. The number to all of our offices, one easy number to remember is 543-LOAN. Uh, maybe you've heard the jingle. And uh, otherwise, go find us on the web. That's centralcoastlending.com. We got a lot of great info there. Our new website's going live this week, I think, huh? I believe so, so that's yeah. That's cool. Doing, yeah, yeah. Go check go that out. Um, but no matter what you do, we hope that you guys have a great week. Um, so glad that you were here with us today. Later in this month, um, is it this month or next? No, it's next. We have Tom Bordenaro coming on. I thought, yeah, it's yeah that's later next in, month. In April. But yeah, we'll be back next week with another live episode. Um, 
And again, if you guys have any loan needs, anything that we could help you with this week, give us a call. We're happy to to take a, a close look at your exact situation um, and arm you up with all of the knowledge it takes to go out and get other quotes or evaluate your situation, decide what you want to do. Uh, we really are your advocate. We're here to help you. Um, I, I like to tell people you have a friend in the mortgage business. So thanks for being with us. We'll be back next week. You guys have a good one. Get outside. Enjoy this good weather.